Chad, Paul Piagiani. Welcome to the Anytime Notebook podcast, usually with myself, John Bywater, and the main man, the esteemed Gavin Horsfall. Gavin is sadly busy this midweek, uh, being an international man of mystery that he is. I think he's going to watch Coventry, actually, but we'll stick with the international theme. Um, with it being the FA Cup next weekend, we realised that we may be a little while without a pod, and I had made some notes already on the past weekend's action. So I thought I'd share them with the listeners this evening. Before I get there, if you do listen to the pod regularly and you enjoy the content that we provide, it'd be really appreciated if you could leave a review on whichever platform you listen on. Uh, If it's Apple or Android or even on your computer, there should be an option to leave a, a positive review. That would really help the podcast, so we'd both really appreciate that if you had the time to do so. Let's have a look back at the championship from the weekend. Uh, the first note I've made here, I thought Sunderland were very unlucky again, not for the first time this season. Probably deserved to beat Plymouth, let alone get beat 2-0. Um, Gav mentioned him last weekend, but Dan Ballard again showed his hand. Three separate attempts. Uh, once again, though, he's as short as, I think he's as big as, sorry, as 17-2 to two this midweek for Sunderland. Um, home to Huddersfield, so it's just very galling to be taking the single-figure prices when um, we were regularly suggesting him at 20s but uh, and bigger. But to be fair, he's looking a lot more consistently threatening of late. A name that I thought was interesting watching back that game was Trey Hume, the right back. Um, He was quite a regular scorer in Ireland, I believe, before he came to Sunderland. He's got the odd goal, but he did hit the post from a corner here and he had another late effort blocked. He's a slightly more palatable price. I think there's 12 to 1 biggest around. Um, If Huddersfield are good at anything, it's defending set plays, so... Maybe it isn't as good a spot as this this game originally looks with Sunderland being the rightful short price favourites. So we'll leave Trihume alone this midweek. Going on to Leicester, um, again a name that we've mentioned recently, uh, Yannick Vestergaard continues to pepper the target. Uh, to a slightly lesser degree, so does Wout Fez. Um, they seem to be taking it in turns a little bit, but Vestergaard's having more efforts. Um, but again, that that is a name that almost certainly will score in the next few weeks, uh, Vestergaard. On to a name that I've mentioned a few times, I think twice this season, and that's Scott Walton at Blackburn. And I did say at the time, he'd be more interested if he ever actually played. Um, the weekend summed it up, really. He started, he scored the opener after four minutes, and then he was injured after 10, taken off after 10 injured. Um, worth looking at his scoring record. I think it's 1 in 10, which for the games played now is uh, very impressive. If he could ever get a run in the side, then uh, be very interested. But I've got no idea how long he may or may not be out for this time. So a bit of a shame there for Scott Walton. 
In the same game, uh, very promising Brighton youngster Andrew Moran got his first uh, senior goal. First of many, you would think there. On to a quick recap of League One. And the, the comedy highlight was certainly the Czech Diabate experiment at Exeter away at Bolton. Uh, I think, I'm not sure who was more shocked, uh, me or Czech, when he actually started up front away at Bolton on Saturday. Uh, it's fair to say that it didn't work. I saw it described as the worst performance by a striker at any level by uh, more than two Bolton fans on Twitter. One of them suggested he'd won a competition. Um, and I think Ricardo Santos is still on his sun lounger. Uh, at the time of, um, I mean, it, it was one of those where I was at least glad I bothered to look into it and it actually came true that he did play up front. Let's ignore the fact that he didn't get within 40 yards of the ball or the goal. Um, sticking with Exeter, which sounds um, very much going against the grain here, but they face Shrewsbury this midweek. Um, you'd have to say it looks like a must-win game for Gary Caldwell. Slightly surprised that he hasn't been relieved of his duties as of time of recording, which is Monday evening. Um Looking into Shrewsbury a little bit, they've had some results of late, but I think they've been rather fortunate. Uh, the game against Port Vale at the weekend, they certainly didn't have the better of it. And uh, if anything, Port Vale did. And there's been a couple of others like that, that they've nicked. Uh, when they were 2-0 down to Reading and came back late to win, rings a bell. Um, so I think Matt Taylor's got a bit of breathing space there now, but I'm not sure they've actually improved, just maybe a little bit more luck on their side of late. So if Exeter are going to show a reaction, this doesn't look a bad game and probably worth noting that Shrewsbury did concede a set play against Port Vale as well at the weekend. So step forward. It's not Czech Diabate. It's uh, good old Will Ameson. 14-1 uh, to 1 doesn't look too bad here considering the, the match-up um, being relatively prolific of late for him anyway and we've mentioned him many times before but I think at 14 to 1 Will Ameson is worthy of a point so we'll have one point on Will Ameson at 14 to 1 for Exeter against Shrewsbury. Staying in League One um, it wouldn't be me without mentioning Lewis Freestone again another two efforts in Cheltenham's excellent victory versus Oxford uh, Daryl Clark really has turned things around there. Um, it was nice of Will Goodwin to score a couple of weeks too late, but he did get away another five shots here. And he just looks a bit of a find by Clark, really. Uh, put his faith into him and made him the main man up top. And it's being rewarded at the moment. Um, I think an interesting situation to look at in League One still is Wigan's, Wigan and who's going to take the penalties. Uh, Stephen Humphreys is now missed a penalty in each of the last two games after his miss against Orient. Uh, it's worth noting that reading Sean Maloney's comments afterwards, it didn't strike me that there necessarily would be a change, but that doesn't stop me delving into the, the stats to have a look at who's most likely. Now, this isn't easy because the current Wigan lineup is the youngest in the league and there's very, very few likely suspects from those that start regularly. 
Now, there are quite a few likely suspects from those who are either out of favour, like Charlie White, who seems to have, for whatever reason, gone right out of favour the last month to six weeks. Uh, Callum McManaman would be likely, but he's mainly used from the bench these days. And you could make the same case for Josh McGuinness, but again, he isn't getting many minutes. So let's have we have a look at the couple of cup games they've had this season where they've gone to penalty shootouts after they've been a draw. Uh, good old Charlie Hughes has taken two, scored one. Uh, Tom Pierce has taken two, scored one. And young centre-back Kel Watts has taken one, scored one. Not an awful lot to garner from that either. Uh, don't worry, I'm going somewhere with this. Um, step forward, right back and all-round utility man, Sean Clare, who at 27 is a veteran in comparison to most of this squad. Uh, just come back from a short absence and a quick delve into the history books suggests that, or it doesn't suggest, it tells us that he scored six penalties from seven for Hearts in 2018-2019 and 2019-2020. The problem with this is I was disappointed when I checked his price for this midweek. He's best priced 17-2. to He offers very little open play threat, if at all, even, even when playing in the right midfield position, as he did at the weekend. To be fair, he did win the penalty at the weekend, but you can have a quick look back at his open play threat, especially in recent years, and it's very, very limited. So I don't think I can put him up this midweek, but it, I think it's worth monitoring that situation. And I think Sean Clare will probably be the next cab off the rank for Wigan in terms of penalty takers. A quick mention in League Two. We finally found out who is now the Wimbledon penalty taker. And I don't think anybody could really, other than on experience and um length of service across two spells could have come down on Jake Reeves but he took and scored two so that's the end of that one um, slightly frustrating watching the highlights back and watching uh, Amani Little grab the ball for the first goal but it was one of those where they were trying not to distract the taker um, also not good news for our, our, our Hamady recommendation but on the other hand at least he's scoring goals now so it's going to be a question of whether he stays there in January or not. I suspect he won't because he's just looking better and better. Right, so not many bets to recap, but just a quick recap. We're going to suggest a one point on Will Ameson for Exeter versus Shrewsbury. And before I go, continuing the Exeter theme, um, both Gav and I both wanted to put across a big congratulations even to a big supporter and friend of the podcast for many seasons now. And that's Craig Bradley, who this week was appointed Academy Scout at Exeter City. So well done, Craig. You deserve that, mate. I know you work, you've work. you worked hard to get that role. So all the best to you with that. And thanks for all the support for the pod over the years. That's it for the midweek special. Keep listening. Go back and listen to the old episodes if you get bored at the weekend. I don't think many people are going to be doing that, but you never know. And myself and Gav will be back soon. Thanks for listening.